right? Everything that we do in our life, if you can manage your life, you can manage construction. So we use the terminology in our life in order to start getting familiar with how construction processes work. So if we build a master plan and we have an ultimate vision and goal and we do a back pass and we build milestones and phases in that master plan for our life, then we've identified a destination map for us to be able to start where we are right now and use these courses in order to build us into where we think we want to go. Because we only think we want to go where we can see and what we know. But once you start developing yourself, then the whole world opens up and you end up seeing even more opportunities because you've now built yourself into being able to scale to the next level. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the CM Mentors Podcast. My name is Matt Graves and my co-host is Kyle Grandel. How you doing, Kyle? Good, Matt. How you doing? And welcome, Tori. Hi, thanks for having me. Each week, we, uh, we tr- definitely, and we're so excited to have you. Um, you know, this podcast is about construction management at the core, CM. Um, and we've really had a lot of episodes really targeting towards kind of the next level of construction management, uh, next generation, I mean, of construction management. But this year, we've got Corey on here. I'm super excited to talk with her, and she's kind of looking at it from the other, spe- other end of the spectrum, kind of. Uh, a lot of stuff we're going to talk about is mentorship and especially kind of that late career, second career mentorship. So welcome, Corey. We're glad to have you. Hi. Thank you. For the people who don't know who you are, do you want to give them a little bit of a background of your of yourself? So I did graduate from Texas A&M, so glad to see the support that you have uh, on the podcast today. But, um, no, my dad was an owner-operator, and, uh, you know, growing up with a six-foot, you know, 300-pound guy uh, kind of made it easy for me to be able to enter into the construction industry without any intimidation of men in my life. And so he gave me the opportunity to be able to work as a laborer, which I did to put myself through school. I often thought, you know, he was doing me a favor, but I think really it was more so he could keep an eye on me and make sure that I was working hard enough that I never wanted to get into construction again. But I fell in love with it, and, and I fell in love with construction. I went to A&M for a degree in animal science realized that my student loans were more than I would make in an agricultural job. And so I went back into construction and started earning money to pay off my student loans. Um, While I was working there, uh, Aggie alumni was the senior project manager for Heary International. He heard that a graduate was out working on the job site, so he pulled me into the office as a field engineer, and that started my construction management career, and I've, I've loved it. Um, I've worked as a flagger. I've, I've worked equipment. I have been a laborer, a strip forms, uh, just all kinds of amazing experiences that have provided me with industry knowledge knowledge that has led me into facility management and now being a construction management technology professor for the last 18 years and then now developing my own college online, which is construction management online for human behavior comprehension and soft skill development. That's awesome. So are you from Texas originally, or did you go to A&M because you were interested in agriculture? I'm from Aden, California, and that is two hours northeast of Redding, up on the Oregon-Nevada border. And uh, it's got 500 okay. people, no stoplight, and uh, I was fortunate to have a dad with really big dreams, and so he helped us be able to see that we could accomplish and do whatever we wanted. And Rodeo was always my background and my dream, and so he supported me 100% in that, and that's what led me to a That's awesome. Yeah, it's a uh, – I mean, I see people – there's so many people. I mean, obviously, certain schools have a bunch of track from out of, out of state, but definitely I've seen a lot of people with rodeo and agriculture and all those things really gravitate towards and now engineering stuff, too. they got a real good engineering program. So – Hey, so Corey, with your background uh, doing some different trades work, I got to ask, what's your favorite trade? (laughs) (laughs) Well, construction management, for sure. (laughs) 
I remember spending an entire summer putting plugs together on blue boxes that everybody had been pulling from, you know, 20 feet away and jerking out the plugs on the spider boxes. So I spent a whole summer in the desert of uh, Susanville, California doing that. But, um, you know, for sure, being a flag person was the hardest thing that I did. I mean, you're standing on asphalt that is, you know, going to be 120 degrees on a 110 degree day. And it's hard on your back. It's hard on your feet. Um, the people are not very nice who you end up having to stop. So it, it was probably the hardest job and, and boring, but still have to pay attention. And so I, I, said, I'll never do it again after I did it my first year. Give me a shovel any day. So I wish that I would have spent more time in carpentry. I think that carpentry is an excellent foundation for construction management. It gives you a broader sense of how to lay things out, how to be able to mathematically um, figure out what needs to be done in, in the daily tasks for a construction project. Um, so I wish I would have spent more time in that area, but yeah, I, I wouldn't have a favorite trade and that's why I got into construction management. <laughs> I was trying to put you on the spot, but you did just fine. So I guess we'll let it go. Yeah. Well, I still <laughs> definitely not electricians. Nobody likes the electricians. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, when electricians, I, Second to carpentry, I, I think that elect, electricians, um, that it, it's a great field. When I was an assistant construction manager for Fleur Daniel at the California Substance Abuse Facility down in Corcoran, California, I was the bid pack assistant construction manager for low voltage. And um, in that low voltage, we also did the electrified fence. So I learned a lot about electricity during those three and a half years of working on that. Um, we did personal alarms for the entire facility, and that entire bid package ended up going to litigation um, because of the contractor that we had on it. So I really did learn it uh, much deeper than I wanted to. And it, it is an example of one of those times where you learn by fire hose and you wonder what you learned when you left because it's a, it's a black spot or a black hole in your career because you just were so stressed and had so much work coming at you at one time. And again, I was 25 years old with an animal science degree, so I had no formal construction experience. So I was also learning my role as a construction manager at the same time of learning everything about the, this different type of work or this discipline. And so it, it was a very stressful time in my life, but that fire hose um, knowledge really is something to not underestimate because even if you're just absorbing things subconsciously, you are, you are obtaining and keeping the information that is going by you. You're just not ready to be able to uh, use it yet. And so when you have built yourself up to that particular knowledge experience, that's when it will reveal itself again. And then you'll be like, oh, aha, uh -huh, I, I know. That's exactly what I need to do. I remember that from 10 years ago or what have you. So never be afraid that you're not learning everything in that moment. Never be afraid that you're not learning everything. That's some great advice. Yeah. I know I've caught myself at times, you know, at the end of a project, like, you know, you learned a lot because you experienced a lot, but it's like, all right, write down the 10 lessons learned. And you're like, I don't even know where to start. Like, I didn't learn anything. You feel like it. But then you, as you kind of reflect back on your career, you start thinking like, okay, well, we did this. And now I know all these things. So I had to learn something, right? But it's just kind of, when you're put on the spot, it's like, uh, I don't know what my lessons learned were. Well, and just to that point, you know, lessons learned are one of those things that people don't think about until after the project is over. And, you know, men aren't, aren't as good about this as women are, but keeping a journal is a very good thing. And being able to keep those lessons learned throughout your projects would be an extremely valuable tool, especially when you when you end up doing something like you guys are doing today that might not have even been anything that you foresaw in your future, but to be able to have that toolbox to reflect on and be able to share with other people, especially when going into mentorship, this is an excellent opportunity to be able to capture what goes on on a job site so you don't have to recall from 20 years ago what it was, the lesson you learned on that job. 
Absolutely. Just uh, my mentor, just or my coach, just got me doing journaling, and I'm glad I did. Just a few a few weeks of it's really shown me a lot about what I think about on a regular basis, and it kind of shows you as you progress too how that changes. And so, that's great. Great advice there too. Are you struggling? I, I've tried. Uh, let me go back. I, I've tried to journal at least 20 times in my life. You know, I'm like, I'm gonna start journaling, and I get like three days in, and then the world catches on fire, and I I forget about it. Are you? being consistent i have been and there's two things that get me consistent one is knowing that i may not do every do it every day <laughs> so but but i'm trying you, you got to keep trying so don't beat yourself up too hard and the second thing is i got a few things that i touch on every day that i do it to try to keep it as uh not too too much of my time as possible um you know kind of get to the point get it done that way i can move on if i want to or if i'm in the mood i'll keep writing for that day just at least getting it done keeping the consistency has kind of been my my key to doing it and, and you know having the goal things that i want to get down every day that was starting the newsletter the construction curiosity newsletter that was my way to force myself to write more because i created a i created a, it was self-imposed but every week i've got to hit publish right so um, it was kind of a, a deadline because I work better under pressure, I guess. And so if I have a deadline every week, it forced me to at least write. Because whenever you're, you know, when it's like I'm going to journal every day, but no one's checking in on you, you don't have anybody being accountable to you or something like that, it's, it's really hard to do it. I, I hey, Matt, you to your point, I mean, my coach, him and I meet every two weeks. Sorry, go ahead, I, Corey. Well, well it's just, lag, so just the, two, the two things. Number one, um, even if you can't think of anything to write about, you can always think about three things that you're grateful for. And having that gratitude in there is a good way to be able to build energy for being able to find things to talk about in the future. And secondly, is that one day your children are going to find it and they're going to read it and it's going to be the most amazing inside reflection that they're going to have of their parents of how absolutely proud that they can be of you. And I've read, I've read my mom's journals and, and it, it really is moving to know that she was the same age I was at one time. And this is what she was thinking during, during that time. So it, it can be a beautiful legacy. Probably interesting too. When you see that and you, you see, I mean, it's a whole different time in history, right? But like the same struggles, the same, like it's probably so a lot many commonalities, even with like different worldly events happening. <laughs> oh. Not sure if we lost her. Did, uh, you there, Corey? I'm here. <laughs> the leg is, um, oh, sorry, it, it cut out. Yeah. Um, it's really bad, huh? I'm going to have to go, and when we're doing the editing, I'll try to make it clean it up a little bit. Um, but it's pretty bad. So do you want to tell us what you're doing with construction management online? What's your uh, online, is it a university, online training system, center? I wish it was a university. Um, honestly, I'm the only one working in it right now, so it is pretty, um, pretty overwhelming trying to get all the content built out the way that I think that it needs to be done. So... Um, I do, I am working on accreditation and I have five courses that are under accreditation right now. And so those would be the foundation courses that anyone would start before moving into a specific uh, pathway. And each of the different pathways are meant to support different parts of the industry. So we have uh, construction administration, which is where a lot of people usually start with construction, maybe going in as a temporary, oh, I can answer phones, that should be easy enough. And then realizing that after filing paperwork and getting terminology and having contractors walk into the office, that they have a pretty good foundational base of terminology and understanding of the construction processes. And so they can move into a field engineer position and start doing as-builts and start working as a shadow underneath an assistant construction manager. Then we have uh, construction management, which is really just helping somebody who's already been in construction management improve their skills. So they're just, it's a skill builder type of certification. 
I have a construction certification that provides just a little bit more of the soft side of the technical concepts that we would find in construction, but then it also helps those that have been working with their hands how to transition into a management position if that's where they choose to go with their career. And then we have construction leadership, which is really more for um, corporate construction support in being able to talk about some of those difficult conversations, like how men and women work together in a male-dominated industry, um, how women can work with women in any kind of industry, and then, you know, just talk about the different leaderships um, not leading from the top down, but leading from supporting and inspiring and motivating. So it's uh, something I'm very passionate about. Um, I'm, I'm excited to be able to release it. And so what we're gonna be doing is releasing it in two phases. Um, first being our mastermind mentor, which is gonna be uh, released here in April. And then our skill builder, which is going to be released in June. And so both of those programs will give everybody an opportunity to take two classes a month, which allows them to be able to work while they learn. There's no deadline on the certification. You just build it as you're ready. And uh, it's an independent study that gets personal interface with me once a month so that we can respond to questions or have guest speakers or whatever it is that we need to be able to support the students. Cool. Is it a is it a video lecture series that has you know a live session? You said once a month, or is it like a book study type thing? So I have. Um, this is the one thing that I've paid a lot of attention to, right? Because being a college professor, there's just some things that are in the college classroom that I can't really get across to my students because of the time frame that I have to work with them, and because of the restrictions that we have in class. And so this has a textbook which is written by, uh, in a way that I call generational teaching. And so it is storytelling in being able to provide personal experiences to describe a certain situation or scenario in the construction industry in order to be able to be more relatable to the student. The, those textbooks also have a workbook that is used as a journal to help support the learning that's going on. And then there's a PowerPoint with a voiceover that allows them to be able to have that experience as well. Because the, most of our construction students got into construction because they hate reading and they hate writing and they hate computers. And so by being able to change this up and teach them that they really don't hate those three things. It's just that they were put into a box that all of us were put into when we go through school that focuses on specific learning styles and how to express education and information in a certain way. And so I want to bring them back to, if it's something you're interested in, then it's, you don't hate it. You, you actually start learning how to love it. So, you know, if I were talking about hunting or race cars or, you know, going to the gun range or something, I might be able to get people to read up on the safety manual on those things or what have you. And they would do it because there's a short amount of sacrifice necessary for longer term gain. And so that's what I want to be able to do is to shorten the pain of that short sacrifice in order to be able to get them where they want to be in their career and find out that it's actually an absolutely amazing career to be in and therefore fun to learn about and uh, an opportunity to be able to learn all kinds of different things about the construction industry. So do those have uh, prerequisites, too, as far as prior knowledge, prior experience that you would expect or that it's geared towards? Or is each one more of like starting introductory level and then building from there? So this is one of the biggest challenges that I have on my college platform um, for teaching construction management technology is I have students that are 18 years old to some that are 60 years old. So I really have tried putting the pathways in a way that builds a ladder 
and an order of precedence that you would be achieving your education so that it doesn't feel like you're beginning at the very beginning and um, that, you're not, that you don't get bored with the information. So we do have prerequisites, but the prerequisites are more around teaching you how to learn about what you want to learn about. Um, usually when we go into a classroom, we're always learning about something. We don't learn how to learn it. So we don't know how to learn about any industry or any discipline that we want to learn. So how do you take your notes? How do you research that? How do you, you know, these things around, how do we actually learn to learn what we want to learn? And then we go into the very basic uh, roles and responsibilities of a construction manager. Are you built to be a construction manager? If not, then maybe you should be looking at some of these other paths that still bring you into the construction industry so you can take advantage of your industry knowledge, but work better with your personal skill set so that you can transition into a job that feels more natural to you or something that will be easier for you to adopt to because it's more in align with your, with your personality and, and your personal skill set development. And um, then we have a leadership class. And, and really the leadership class is just helping people reassess leadership because, um, you know, the military is an amazing opportunity to really be able to analyze structure and being able to teach and guide and, and bring people to a point where they're very powerful, they're, they're very, um, very appreciated. But the type of, of learning system that was put in place to develop that has not continued, has not been able to put in place a continuation to their success. And so our businesses have taken after the military model of leadership from the top where you yell and scream and tell somebody what to do. And we're learning that our current workforce is not interested in that. They're used to helicopter parents that just protect them from everything. And so they're really wanting more hand-holding and more support. Once, they're, once they know what to do, they're very good at it and, and need very little assistance. But it's that initial confidence that they need that they can do it. And so being able to produce leadership with support and leadership without authority that kind of brings everybody on the same page teaches people how to talk and listen to each other respectfully so that everyone understands there is no judgment and there is no place for not allowing people to be able to express themselves regardless of what their, their opinion is. And uh, this helps us be able to build communication through that leadership, that leadership course. So there are some prerequisites, but it's really more of preparation to get you so that you can streamline and go 100 miles an hour once you're in the class. And then, then being able to kind of pick and choose courses that you want to support you and in your goals. Hmm. You're talking about, I guess that's two follow-up questions to that. Is One is how long is the overall course until you get certificate? And then two, is it? You talked about accreditation. Is there a, like a you can transfer to a four-year university or something? Is it that kind of accreditation, or the transferable credits? So, this is um, this formula that you're talking about is traditional college work speak, and this is why I'm also having to educate employers at <laughs> the all same I know. time. <laughs> This is why I'm going to move on educating employers at the same time. I don't want students to feel as though there has to be a timeline. You're a forever student, loving learning from this point forward. So there will always be a class. There will always be something else to take yeah. that you can learn. I just hope that you like my teaching style in a way that it makes it fun so that you enjoy learning for the next 20 years. My goal is to have self-certified um, certifications so that an employer who knows my background and experience will appreciate what I've put together and will acknowledge a, a self-certification that I'm able to give uh, people in those specific pathways that I've designed. 
But for those that have to have a certification, which takes a lot longer for me to develop and generate through this accreditation process, it will be a college accredited certification, but it most likely isn't going to meet any kind of requirements to move you on to transfer to a four-year school because no one else is teaching what I'm teaching. This is human design behavior comprehension and soft skill development in understanding how your life mastery skills and skills that you already possess are building the foundation for you to be able to align and collaborate that with your construction skills necessary to be a construction manager. So we use eight key foundation life mastery skills, which include leadership, communication, management, organization, awareness, assessment, and student teacher um, areas. And we use those to show you you're already using those. You're already there. It doesn't matter if you're a computer science person. It doesn't matter if you're an accountant somewhere. It doesn't matter if you are a marketing person for the, the bow hunting industry. You already know how to make an appointment. You already know how to set up meetings. You already know how to somewhat communicate with people in your discipline. All we're doing now is building a transition bridge and putting construction technology and knowledge into it in order to be able to show you that you're not starting from scratch. You're starting from a, a foundational base of skill sets that you've already developed. Now, each of us have different skill sets that makes us unique. And so what we do is we, we have innate or inherent skill sets which are put into our DNA. Are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert? Do you enjoy um, being creative? Are you a problem solver? And we take those based on our life experiences. Did you grow up in a, in a secluded home with one parent? Or did you grow up in a secluded home with a loving parent? Or, you know, these are all things that start building us into who we are. And then we look for what we call earned skill sets, which are the skill sets that we know that we have to learn whether we want to or not to get us to the goal that we're wanting to, to go after. So we all are able to um, enjoy these innate skill sets, learn skill sets, and then identify what it is that we still need to, to learn in order for us to be able to go after that education to get us to our goal, to our master goal. It's like a master plan, right? Everything that we do in our life, if you can manage your life, you can manage construction. So we use the terminology in our life in order to start getting familiar with how construction processes work. So if we build a master plan and we have an ultimate vision and goal and we do a back pass and we build milestones and phases in that master plan for our life, then we've identified a destination map for us to be able to start where we are right now and use these courses in order to build us into where we think we want to go. Because we only think we want to go where we can see and what we know. But once you start developing yourself, then the whole world opens up and you end up seeing even more opportunities because you've now built yourself into being able to scale to the next level. I love that. I mean, it's when you really start doing something, you start taking that first step, you don't know what doors open up for you. And that's like, you were talking about a minute ago about this podcast and stuff. And like, you, you asked me this time last year, if I'd be hosting a podcast and doing a newsletter and all that sort of stuff, like not a chance in hell. Like it wasn't even anywhere on my radar, but you know, I kind of started the newsletter and it snowballed. And then I met Kyle kind of through that, through LinkedIn. And then we were trying to figure out, we shared a lot of things together. A lot of the same thoughts on the industry. We, like, we got to do something. And then next thing you know, we're doing this. And so, and who knows what's next. So it's just kind of, once you start taking those steps forward, Again, like the road starts laying out ahead of you, and, and you never know where it's going to take you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, mean, I, I just have to say, too, I really like the approach about um, tailoring right. it. What was that, Kyle? <laughs> the, 
Yeah, well, and actually, <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I mean, even to that point, too, about uncomfortability, um, starting somewhere that people are more familiar and more comfortable, um, you know, kind of starting there and, you know, say, just like you're saying, hey, you already know how to do this stuff, just apply it to something different. And then now to the next step, you're going to feel uncomfortable, but that's how you're going to grow, too. That's a that's a great, great approach. And as you know, for me, that was always a struggle of mine was doing something new. If it's uncomfortable, how do I even get started? It's overwhelming. There's so much out there, so many different ways to learn. But if you can apply it to something you already know how to do, it makes all the world a difference. Yeah. And that's why uh, I've really taken a lot of time in trying to really understand the words and the message that I'm putting out there because I want to be able to do it in a way that helps people understand that this is not a far step for them. This isn't a far jump, but I don't want anybody to feel like I'm talking down to them. It's just a different language. It's just changing. I mean, when we start talking about skill sets or soft skills, you know, half the superintendents in the room are going to go, oh my God, not this again. Like this really, like I have to be nice to people. They're, I'm all I'm doing to do is asking them to do what they're supposed to be doing in the first place, you know? I get it. I, I mean, I've been there where I'm like, what do you mean I have to be nice? I'm supposed to be preparing them for construction. Construction's not a nice world. Like, you get a thick skin, pound sand, move on, you know? But if I don't find a different way to communicate it to them, they're going to keep turning it off. And so if I can baby step them into some of the language terminology changes then it helps warm them up to being able to be more open and receptive to understanding things like mindset, leadership, neuroscience pathways. You know, these are the things that allow them to understand exactly what it is that I need them to understand, maybe not at the same intellectual language that a doctor would, would be hearing it. And so... That's, that's the challenge for me, and I love that challenge. That's what keeps it exciting for me and what keeps me wanting to be able to put it in a way that um, I can bring everybody on board. Do you include any sort of uh, like Myers-Briggs or any other sort of personality assessments in, in the program? Because I went through a leadership program recently, and Myers-Briggs was the first thing we did. And it kind of framed your mindset of like, okay, this is how, who I am. And this is how I respond to these things. And then it kind of really, you're kind of looking at it through that self-reflection, self-reflection lens, which kind of really helped you understand, okay, when this is going on, I know I'm going to tend towards this, but I need to like be mindful of that so I can do this and that sort of stuff. So do y'all put any sort of personality into, into the training, especially your leadership component? Yeah, so at the, the very beginning of anybody coming on board, we do something called Construct Your Life Master Plan Blueprints for uh, your legacy. And what we do in that is something called human design. So in whole human design, really understanding not just personalities, um, it's taking into alignment, alignment architects and, um, and how, how each of us are built. It, it does include things like Myers-Briggs or um, the Gallup survey, but it really is more personal to um, the types of life experiences that you personally have been exposed to. So, for instance, I love my dad dearly. Um, my dad was in the construction industry, and he started off as a scraper operator and then moved into being a, a finished blade man. He always had back problems, and I, I knew he was an alcoholic because we would go on trapping lines, and he'd take me out of school for two weeks, and we'd be on the trapping line, and we'd have a bottle of, you know, 100-proof schnapps in the seat, and he'd just be taking a nip off of that all day long. Well, to me, an alcoholic was sloppy drunk, so I didn't realize what, what he was doing, that he was maintaining a certain level of feeling for himself. But what ended up happening is that when he got sick uh, later, we found out that he also was addicted to opioids and uh, painkillers. And so this 
altered his state through my entire uh, teen, teen, teenage years, which are hard enough anyways, right? I mean, we're already button heads pretty big time. I mean, he raised me to be independent and strong. And when I was talking with him, that's the last person he wanted to see, you know? So these were things that um, altered his state. And so the way that they altered him and the type of conflict that we had shaped my innate skills in a way that wouldn't have happened under any other circumstance. And this is what has happened with everyone. So we have everybody go through and take a human design um, in-depth quiz, and we use that as a foundational base through the program. We do an assessment halfway through the program and identify, are there different courses that you should be taking or are you on the right track? And then when they're done with the certification, we kind of do a wrap up in order to be able to determine if they want to continue taking courses or then what the next steps should be. And again, always with that understanding that this is, this is never ending. This, we are going to be learning forever and the thing about sticking with my program is that once you learn a certain style or a certain uh, order of which things are being taught or a certain way that you're pulling in information, then it makes it easier to continue learning, learning, learning at a much faster pace because you don't have to relearn how somebody's going to be teaching you every time you go through a program. You just stick with the one program and you, you say, you know, hey, look, I'm not getting this, this, and this. I need something on that to be developed. And then I develop it. And then we just keep growing because if you need it, somebody else needs it. So it's um, we do do an assessment, but that assessment is more for the master plan blueprint of that individual person. I love that. So, so Corey, do you have plans that um, the modules might expand more beyond uh, beyond what you have now? And and if you do, what you know, what kind of what, what where does the future look like? Just kind of curious. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of excitement on your end for you know, of course, getting through the hurdles you have now. But then, you know, what's what's next? What does that look like? Yeah. So, thank you for asking. And I, I really have found what I'm supposed to be doing in this season of my life for sure. And part of it is that I love to learn. So I really learn as much as I can from everyone. Um, it, it's, it's a lot. I'll just be honest. You know, I also do private consultation on the side. So I'm managing a couple projects as well. And that allows me to be able to stay fluent with the industry. But they are mostly private industry. So it's not like I get to stay on top of things with the different types of softwares or technologies or anything like that. It's strictly construction management and me providing guidance and assistance to some private clients. So what what I want to be able to start growing into are more, uh, I hold something on Wednesdays called Industry Partner Series where I just basically anybody in the industry comes in and just talks about their experience and just is able to provide mentorship to the students and be able to discuss about what they do in the construction industry. So these modules that, that I'm making and these courses that I'm making, they will go forever. I mean, they, there's literally nothing to not talk about in construction. So there will be coursework available. As more students get into the courses and really start learning and, uh, and absorbing this, it will help me have better direction of where the build-out needs, needs to go. And that'll be a very important part because I do also tend to get very detailed and, and have a lot of information. And because of who our student is with construction management, it's typically not someone who wants to dive into something like that. It's usually short information, um, you know, a lot of short bits. And so that's what our focus has been. And that's why it takes longer too, you know, because you can't, you can't force somebody to learn something. And at the same time, you need to make the experience um, enjoyable, but still be recognized with structure so that they complete it. Because otherwise, 
you'd be like Matt and just like, well, maybe not if nobody's going to put a deadline on me. I'll get to it when I get to it. So I'll put my own deadline on myself. Well, sometimes people aren't that, um, aren't, aren't that influenced by, they don't influence themselves that way. And so they don't take that thought process, but that is a tool, a personal self motivation tool that you can do. And we do do that learning about calendar blocks and time management and that type of thing so that I can help the student be able to see a, a, a path to being able to complete their certification. But there's, uh, it's totally endless. I'm, I'm currently working with the Department of Defense in order to provide a certification for veterans. And so that is something that we're developing right now. And then also with a um, college called Synergy Learning, which is going to be housing the accreditation for all of my courses so they can also have a college accreditation in conjunction with my personal development site. I love how you, you've taken that approach of like, well, the students will tell me what's next, right? And with the feedback you're getting and you're not like, I'm doing this and this and this and regardless of what the people want. So I, I applaud you for at least keeping your ears opening. <laughs> Well, it's important, right? Because I'm kind of long in the tooth. So what I think needs to happen is a lot different than somebody who's younger. But at the same time, those people who are younger don't have the experience that I have. So it's very uh, common for them to want to skip steps because they want the easy route. And it's not easy. There's hard spots. And we need to be able to get through those hard spots. But this is part of what's really great about the mentoring program that we're going to be starting is this mentoring program is really an opportunity to be able to provide those that are um, coming in in that entry-level position kind of like a, a grandmother, grandmotherly or grandfatherly hand to support them and really encourage them and be there for answering questions and being able to provide guidance and experience. But the problem in construction is a lot of us, we're, we were busy working and we were taught not to share our knowledge because if we did, there was going to be some college kid with a degree that might end up taking our position. And so it's really important to be able to offer the opportunity for this industry knowledge to be paid to come back and give the information that they've learned all of these years. And what I also like about it is it supports companies. Literally, you can have two people working for the salary of one. You don't have to pay fringe benefits because it is a part-time job. It's somebody who's retired, who's only looking at wanting to maybe spend two or three days out on the job site, but misses the work when, he's, when he or she's retired at home. And so this gives them an opportunity to get out of the house. But they can also provide quality control on the project by just being a friendly voice walking around the job site and encouraging a positive attitude on the job, job site. Being the generational storyteller who can be, you know, be bringing this wisdom to the site. I, I feel, I mean, honestly, it, it's, it's just one of those things I feel so strongly about. It's like this, this is the time to be able to give our elders and our senior workers some of that appreciation that they deserve for everything that they've gone through for the last 30 to 40 years. And I think it's a, I think it's an amazing trade-off and I don't know why nobody came up with it before because it is to me something that really provides a structure and a foundation for our elders to be able to be a part of our communities because I, I believe they still want to be. And this program has two parts. One is a monthly, um, a, a monthly membership where they can learn slowly for as long as they want, or I can build everything out for them, for them to have their own little business doing this, and we help them with all of the contracts, business documents, all of the PowerPoints, any of the instructional tools that they would need to become a mentor trainer. So the idea is for them to be an independent consultant, essentially, that would go consult out to, say, a general contractor and then come on, you know, or I'll give you a rate for two days a week or something like that. 
Yeah, and and I, you know, again, this is education for the employers, you know, but I, I think that it's something that shouldn't be a hard sell if they really appreciate their employees and really want to do something to be able to offer something different to their employees that will help with retention and be able to support their own personal pipeline and workforce. Well, and Corey, I just have to say, I, I think that's great. And I think you you found a niche there, especially because, I mean, I've talked with a lot of um, what I call my partners, my uh, different engineering and construction companies that I more or less joint venture with that, you know, we may share resources between projects as needed, et cetera. But uh, one of their biggest struggles is having the proper mentorship for their people uh, because they have the same struggles that we all have in the industry of, maintaining keeping overhead costs down while prices continue to go up and so to them justifying to their upper leadership and and director teams which it shouldn't be hard but it is hard justifying that type of expense for mentorship is difficult for them to do internally um, but that's where it seems like your position is perfect you have somebody come in that can help out part-time basis and um, it certainly it seems like it would save a lot of costs for these companies yeah, I think part of the problem with that is that, you know, we've always had the owner or the client end up paying for the training of our inexperienced people on the construction side because those mistakes that are made during that learning process are usually packaged in a change order back to the owner. So that's why employers haven't really had to pay for mentorship coming in. And so this consultant could work for the owner-client side. They could work for, the, for an inspector. They could work whoever wants to increase the attitude and the, um, the improvement of the job site could end up hiring this person. But like I said, you know, we've always been taught to keep things close to the chest. And so if you're not a natural teacher... If you don't understand how to be able to take the information that you've had in your head, that you've done with your hands, and know how to break it out into chewable platform for somebody else to learn from, then that's where that frustration comes in of not understanding why they don't understand what you're trying to teach them. You're taking the time to teach them something, but, you've, but it's not something that you've practiced. And so being able to just have some tools that we provide through the mentorship mind, mind master that we can take that and be able to show them how to be a teacher and really become a master at their discipline by breaking it down into chewable forms for the student to be able to take on and learn from. Thank heaven you know, these retired guys and ladies, you know, doing this sort of thing. It's, you know, we're about to lose a whole lot of knowledge in the industry. You know, everyone's been saying it for decades, right? But there's about to be a, a massive baby boomer retirement. And that with that, it's going to be a massive lack of knowledge. It's just going to disappear and evaporate. Um, I feel like was saying it the other day, but I was hearing people talk about it and, and you know, from 2008, there was a huge lack. There's a, there's a generation gap in the workforce. If you've got people, you know, the older guys that were before 2008 that kind of survived, but that that generation of kind of mid-2000s, which I'm one of those people, and I guess I survived somehow, but I graduated college in 2010, and when I got out, it was really hard to find work. Um, you know, just the economy was in the, in the can, like everybody knows. But anyway, so you're about to lose that older class and then you got this big younger class that doesn't have the experience so anyway i say all that real long-winded to say i think it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> well thank you even though it was long-winded i appreciate it <laughs> i have a habit of uh, telling everyone the stories the long way so <laughs> Yeah, but this is part of an engaging uh, characteristic, right, is because if you go out onto a job site and you find a superintendent and you start asking them questions about how they're doing something, they're wondering what change order are you trying to generate, you know, in order to be able to get information for, right? And, but if you get them to the point where they understand that you're, you're trying to actually learn why they're doing it, how they're doing it, and they understand that there's, there is no um, 
there's no tie there. They will sit there all day and tell you every story that they ever put together that taught them how to put in that hollow metal door. I mean, forever. You know, you'll, you'll hear about it for two, three hours. People love to be able to tell stories about what they've accomplished in their life. This is a perfect opportunity to be able to, I mean, this is why generational storytelling was so important. The children at the feet of elders listening to the stories. And now they're not getting that anymore. They're not getting those stories because, first off, that our elders had a much longer time frame to develop historical reference and detail to their stories. Now everything changes so quickly. We have updates on everything so quickly that the ability to be able to design detail to support a story is much more difficult. And so we're losing that opportunity to be able to teach our children through the under the hood in the garage with the tools. I remember when I was with my dad and we did this together, or I remember when my mom and I were out in the garden and we did this together. Generational storytelling is going to be really, really important. And, you know, there's also a, a thing in there about life work balance, which I know people have been talking about, but for that younger generation, there is there's not the same type of uh, commitment to completion the way that there was uh, with some of the older generations. They need to do the job to get the job done, but not necessarily anything tied to it, like pride or accomplishment, or it's just get the job done because that's what is going to earn the paycheck. And so being able to, to revise that and reset that and help them have this feeling of pride and accomplishment in the work that they're doing allows them to be able to sit with more gratitude and appreciation in the, this career that they have. I mean, literally, they could be doing something else that is not as magnificent as construction. Construction will always be here forever. Like, it is the most amazing industry that any of us could possibly be a part of and and they get to be a part of it and so generational storytelling i feel is going to be a really really big asset for mentors coming in and helping people not have to worry about asking a superintendent and having the superintendent think that you're a dumbass for asking or having the superintendent getting frustrated with you or thinking that you're incompetent. You can go to your mentor and be like, you know what, I've never done this before. And the superintendent really didn't explain it well. He kind of just told me to go over here and get it done. What is it that I need to do and what do those steps look like? And there's your mentor for you. You nailed it when you first started that and you were saying, you know, you go talk to the superintendent. One, he's either hiding or doesn't want to talk to you because he thinks you're working up a change order. Like, I mean, we're both owners reps, me and Kyle. And so it's the same thing, right? It's either one of the two or you have a good relationship with the guy. Yep. And I, I hide from him when I'm on the job site because if I don't have an hour to talk to him, which I love talking to him, but if I don't have an hour, <laughs> like I always have to hide, like because he's going to grab you and he's going to want to tell you all these stories and tell you his whole life story, and it's it's great, but you know, there's it's it's either one or the other. There's no in between. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I'm a little off topic with this, but um, kind of along your your lines, Corey, of the, you know the generational storytelling. Um, I've done a bunch of traveling, especially uh, recently. I spent a few months overseas in Ireland and Portugal. And you go overseas and you experience different cultures and the way different countries are. There's uh, certainly a lot of, of, of lacking things, I feel, in the United States. And I feel this is kind of similar in a way because I don't see a lot of the storytelling, like you're saying, over here. There's not a lot of, I hate to say it, but I feel like we don't have a lot of culture here compared to other countries, too, that have, you know, a real long history is on this planet so that's also something too where it's going to be really interesting to see with the next generations coming up kind of how it's all how it's all taken in and what the perceptions are and you know how they how they really get involved with that and you know do they accept it and um, it's, it's really interesting uh, the way you get where you're going with things 
Yeah, you know, I I try not to bring religion into anything, but I, I personally believe that if you don't have a spiritual direction of where you're going, that you're you, you feel like you're alone. You feel like you don't have that support or that focus um, that you need, and being able to. Um, to understand yourself and, and be strong in that is going to be really important because we are a mixing pot, which means that cultures are mixing. And this lack of appreciation and respect for people's own space and people thinking that you have to believe the way they believe instead of realizing that we can agree to disagree or that I can support you but not, not be in agreement with you is really important and to know and understand that really God is the only one who has judgment and has a right to put that judgment in place. So for me, it's really just about loving my human counterpart and helping and supporting and serving them in whatever way I can. And if that's through education and that's my purpose, it's definitely my passion, then that's definitely where I'm supposed to be. And so just being able to understand that and hope that I can get into a conversation that might be able to put a sliver of, of truth into somebody's thinking and helping them appreciate and understand that it's not that I agree or disagree with them. It's that I have a right to have my own beliefs as they have a right to have theirs. And when you do go to those other countries and you see how they treat their elders, I'm going to be old one day. Swear to God, I want to raise my boys in a way that I know that they're going to take care of me. And I would like to think that my opportunity for providing a mentorship program will have a lot of people out there appreciating what I've done and be able to treat elders the way they should be treated. It absolutely breaks my heart to see these news, um, these news things going on and seeing older people being beat or hit for no reason, just walking the sidewalk. They've already put their time in to our society. They've already done what they needed to do. And it is so disheartening to know that there's people out there like that. And so um, I'm going to be old one day. I want to be able to make sure that I've built the world the way I want it built so that I can ha enjoy my elder years. <laughs> There's so much disrespect out there in the, like you said, but we're coming up on an hour here. Uh, is there anything else you want to touch on that we didn't get a chance to touch on? I, I just will touch on my skill builder course. Um, it's going to be released in June. And the skill builder is very similar to the little mini videos that I put out on LinkedIn that are just quick quirks that just tell you a little bit about the construction industry. They're going to have very task-specific items, so like how to build a submittal, how to put an RFI together, things that will be able to help these mentors um, have a, a guidance tool to send early entry workforce people to so that they can learn how to put something together. And if anybody in your audience has a topic or a subject that they would love to be able to have a step-by-step -step program put together so that their entry people have a reference, I would love to hear what your topic is. That's awesome. That's such a good thing to have because we've talked about this a bunch of times, but like when you get out of college, I mean, I did construction management, well, civil engineering with construction management focus, but you get out of college and like the first company I work for, they're like, all right, I need you to put together a submittal. I was like, uh, what's a submittal? <laughs> like, well, can you write this RFI? And I was like, I don't even know. What are you talking about? What does that mean? Yeah. And like, you don't understand those basics. So to have something like this that can really help people walk through and understand, and it's not even just writing an RFI, there's an art to it, you know? And so... <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. I used to not accept any RFIs without a resolution from the contractor because it's like, why even go there? Or we're going to be passing it back and forth 20 different times. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> so, and I'll give a shout out. Those uh, LinkedIn videos you've been doing are awesome. 
Well, thank you. You know, it's always hard to tell. You can see sometimes there's lots of impressions and a few likes and very few comments. And, you know, I, I just, I, I have been getting a lot of backdoor feedback on it. So I'm, I'm keeping doing them and I'm feeling that they are uh, developing a valuable toolbox on the YouTube channel. So thanks for commenting on that. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, I'll make sure I include your LinkedIn profile in the show notes and all that sort of stuff. But if people want to uh, get signed up for your Skill Builder program, how can they do that? So they can go to my website, which is um, constructionmanagementonline.com. And there is uh, the Mastermind Mentor Membership and then the Skill Builder Membership will be available in June. Awesome. I'll keep put all those notes in there as well. You got any parting shots, Kyle? No, no. It was great having you, Corey, and I, I certainly love what you're doing. I think it's right on par with you know the kind of the theme of our of our podcast here. It's great to have you on. I'm looking forward to seeing the stuff you put out myself. So I mean, <laughs> I, I'm hopefully making some hires in the next next year here myself. I, I'd love to be able to kind of direct them that way and get some get some good information. So I thanks thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you. And thank you guys for what you're doing. It's so important for there to be a resource for people to go to. So this has been fantastic. And it's a fun way to learn, too. That's what I found. So I found this fun way. It's better than trying to sit there and read a book. I'm studying for the CCM exam right now, and it's dry and boring. And oh, like, yeah. I open up the book and fall asleep, and so it's painful. Right. Well, I appreciate it, Corey. We'll see you next time. All right. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs>